listening to the Deep Purple Podcast, a fan podcast about one of the most legendary bands of all time, Deep Purple. We take a look at the music, history, and people behind the band Deep Purple and beyond. Welcome to the Deep Purple Podcast, the first and only podcast devoted to one of the greatest bands in rock history, Deep Purple. Today's episode is episode number 219, Deep Purple Live at the Olympia 96, Part 2. And coming to you from the western suburbs of Chicago, where the burgers are always covered in blue cheese. I'm your host, Nathan Beaudry. And coming to you from the suburbs of Providence, I'm your co-host, John the Grudge Matola. <laughs> Anybody that's been listening to pre-show chat knows what that means. Yes, the the the, the patrons in the chat are are fully aware. You, you want to litigate this a, a third time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I hold thirty-year-old grudges, sometimes more. Oh no, Gardo is asking if this if my city is going to be the, the future home of the Bears. I certainly hope not. Da bears. Da bears. Is everyone around here? This the city I live in is so enormous. It was basically like 30 years ago, it was all cornfields. There's just it's 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 like half the size of Rhode Island. And everyone's like, oh, the bears couldn't come. Where would we put them? <laughs> like the city's huge. <laughs> that being said, I do not want them here. The bears can go to hell there, but I, I don't need that hassle in my life and probably extra taxes. I don't know. Why are you saying the the bears can go to hell is so funny? <laughs> they can. I don't care about the bears. Mm. I mean, it's easy for me to say, but nobody even around here likes the bears. Everyone's like, oh, the bears are terrible. They're ruining my life. You want them in your city? Get out of here. Nobody wants that. All I'm thinking of is like grizzly bears. No, I don't want those either. <laughs> Hopefully there's a better chance of actual grizzly bears being here than the Chicago bears. Hey, look, you pay the bear tax. I pay the Homer tax. <laughs> But you remember that one, right? The the Homer tax? I don't know if I know that one. Ah, uh, Rich would know if he was. Yeah, there. Rich would know. Probably it's everyone Simpsons, else in the chat. It's a Simpsons too. quote. My kids have been watching tons of Simpsons lately. Ah, yeah, good. They're really, yeah. So when you come visit next time, they're going to be smart kids in heaven. They love it. Yeah, um, awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's a big hit. Um, and speaking of big hits, um, our show is a big hit. We're huge in um, I think Sweden, mostly from Jonathan Hedlund. Um, it's funny. We used to, I think our when we first started, like our number two country is Ireland because Ryle was living in Ireland at the time. <laughs> we had like twenty two <laughs> listeners, and yeah, um, yeah then they, they then he moved, and Ireland just went <laughs> sunk way down to the chart, <laughs> way down to the bottom. Oh um, well. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, but hey, uh, you know, our show is 100% listener supported. So if you receive some value for our show, please consider giving us some value back and supporting us. You can support our show a number of ways. One is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Two is by buying some merch on our Etsy store. You can can become a patron on Patreon or on PayPal for as little as $1 a month. All that goes directly into the show, helps us buy material, helps us buy supplies, helps us buy uh, tickets to go see Glenn Hughes. Um, which uh, we haven't talked about on the show yet. And we've had these tickets for a while now, so we have to mention that later. Um, yeah, that's right. And then also to our new computer fund, because my computer's hanging in there. It's doing okay, but uh, it's quite old. And um, looking forward to putting a more modern system together with a little more processing power. And much like the power you were exhibiting before the show. Um, uh. 
So we can, uh, you know, sometimes rendering one of these episodes can take like a half an hour. It's like ridiculous, um, which is funny because back in the tape days, you know, it would be real time. You couldn't, you couldn't just, you couldn't mix something down um, uh, that was two hours long in 30 minutes. That would have seemed like a luxury. And now I'm like, come on, this stupid thing, render. Yeah, that would take you like two days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and you can also donate, uh, uh, using cash app dollar sign DPPOD and you can support us on Kofi, um, if you are so inclined. Um, so yeah, so Glenn Hughes coming to Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm flying out there. Um, it's undetermined whether or not the rest of my family will be flying with me, um, to, to maybe do another little quick trip and jaunt out there. Um, mm-hmm. but we're going to see them, uh, was it September 19th? It is, uh, let me see. I want to say September 19th. I got to put this in the show notes. I got it, got it in there. Let me let me check really quick. And it is, um, oh, good. Yeah, Glenn Hughes, Ingve Malmsteen oh, show. Oh, of them. Worcester Palladium. Ooh, the Palladium. September 19th. We're going. Mm-hmm. It is um, a very rare opportunity to see those two together. Yes. Oh, don't worry, Fielding. If if he comes around uh, the Chicago area, well, I think he's coming. Fielding, I think he's coming to Michigan, right? He's going to be like all around because I saw St. Charles, and that's like a place around here that um, bands play. And I was like, oh my god, he's coming to St. Charles. It's like, oh, St. Charles, Michigan. I'm like, how far is that? It's four hours from here. So mm. um, I'm hoping he does some extra shows in Chicago area. Um, I don't know where he would play around here. Uh, maybe the same place he played where we saw the Dead Daisies. Um, but yeah, if he comes yeah. around here, I'm, I'll definitely go see him again. The tickets are not expensive. Uh, definitely worth it. No. So no, they're um, like 60, 70 bucks. I it? think with all the fee, I think they were like $55, but with fees, it was like 66, uh, 67, something like that, whatever it was. And he's offering VIP packages too. And VIP packages. Yep. So um, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. Um, we've, uh, yeah. So um we're very excited to go see him. We're all going to meet up. The The whole DPP uh, New England contingent is going to be assembling. Um, I'm the only one, sadly, that has to fly out there. But um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. But yeah, happily, it will be a good time. Yeah, and I don't have to, um, you know, I don't have to get a hotel room or anything. I just stay with my parents. You stay on my own. Maybe my parents will drive me to the show. <laughs> uh, that'll be great me? it's only like 20-25 minutes from bye guys it's probably closer to you and my parents than the show we went to go see when you came here was to me I mean Not I the... could just swing by and pick you up like in the old days that's on the true way. Yeah. in the Beretta just make sure you can you rent a a, a, a 90 a 94 uh, Chevy Beretta no, no, with a door a handle nine... on the side there and, and no is it 1987 Chevy Beretta. That was an 87. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> now I feel cool about my 88 Dodge Omni. I was really bringing it modern. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, we should take um, Pops to see Yangwe. 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 Shaylor. Shaylor. He'd, he'd just take one, he'd take one listen to like a solo and he'd be like, ah, I, 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 get me out of here. <laughs> you get know out of here say? with that. Huh? You know what else he'd say? Yeah, he'd be like. <laughs> uh, never gets old. Uh, no, Pops would never go see Yang Wee. <laughs> Rich Yang Wee Shaylor. <laughs> uh, it never ceases to be funny. No, it never does. Um, but um, speaking of, you know, we talked about ways of supporting the show. Speaking of patrons. 
Heyo! Heyo! And we have a new patron. <laughs> and that is none other than Charles Meadows. Charles Meadows coming in at the $6.66 tier. Uh, very, very good. Much like our patron at the last episode, um, I didn't get a, uh, a welcome message. So perhaps in our next episode, we'll be reading multiple welcome messages from these uh, patrons. So I really appreciate you supporting us, Charles. Um, uh, but uh, that's that's awesome. Really, really cool to, to get an another patron on board. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the show. Hopefully we'll have something to, to read soon. Uh, but it did just come in a few hours ago, so might not have had time to get my email yet. Okay, so speaking of patrons, at the executive level, coming in at the $25 Uncommon Man tier, we have Ovis Nakvi and Purple Maniac. At the 15, oh, I'm sorry, at the 15 Squid tier, we have Alan. And at the $10 Good Doctor tier, we have Dr. Jill Brees, Dr. Mike Catan, who is in the chat this evening. Hello, good the good doctor. Um, so if there's anybody, if there's any medical emergencies in the chat, we do have a doctor in the house. It's always always a good thing to have. Had to turn it up to eleven dollars tier. We have Clay Wambacher, Frank Tealgard, Mortensen, Mickel Sheen, and Will Porter, PhDPP. At the ten dollars, someone came tier. Ryan M, Jeff Bryce, Victor Campos, Better Call Saul Evans. At the Huseween by twenty thirty three tier, Fielding Fowler. And at the in memoriam tier, the wonderful late Jerry Gerald Jerry Kelly and family. Thank you very much to everyone for their support. Okay, before we pick up where we left off, there is one thing that we must do. That's right, folks. It's postcards from the edge of Connecticut. This time it's actually from the edge of Ireland. This one comes into us. This is a postcard. Peter's going to enjoy this of a little statue of Rory Gallagher. <laughs> Uh, so nice. you already know who this is from. It says Rory Gall Gallagher, Ballyshannon, Co. Donegal. I don't know. I'm sure I'm messing that up. Um, <laughs> it says, hey, Nate and John, here's some Rory Gallagher for you. Picked this up during the Rory Gallagher Festival in Ballyshannon, Donegal, Ireland. His birthplace at Rock Hospital? Um, hospital? I guess so. Um, and then it's signed, The Roback. So hey. thank you very much for, for sending that out. It's our, this might be our first international postcard. Um, well, we got plenty of international postcards from Gardo, but they're all sent from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice one for the co co collection. I, I uh, did not know that I would have such a rich and abundant postcard collection when I started the show. I've got a drawer just <laughs> overflowing with postcards now. It's pretty great. That's but thank cool. you. Thank you for the rollback. Um, it, we've been very, very blessed. For what we're missing in five-star Apple podcast reviews, we are more than making up for in the sheer volume of postcards that we've gotten over the last few episodes. So thank you very much to all of you. Very, very much appreciate it. Okay, so last week, you may remember, we listened to CD1 of the wonderful uh, Deep Purple Live at the Olympia in Paris. Um, now we're going to obviously... Hit the next half of the show, which is predictably CD2. 
Um, we've got a couple of, uh, there's only really one, well, there's a couple of longish songs on this one, but um, nothing too crazy. This is this one only has seven tracks, whereas the previous one had ten. Um, yeah, I think I think we go. Is there anything else we have to recap before we get into the actual music here? Oh, play it. <laughs> no, honestly, well, I don't think that there is. Um, except I can't wait to hear um, Flea Glover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, I think what we should probably do before we do this so that we don't overload everything at the end of the show is to thank our core level patrons. Um, so that is coming in at the $7.77 Keep It Warm Rat tier, Michael Vader at the $6.99 new nice price tier, Spike the Rock Cat and Sugar Tea. At the episode $6.66 tier, Steve Coldwell, Arthur Smith, Anton Glaving, and hey Charles Meadows, our newest patron. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, and Charles Meadows, our newest patron. Okay, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> What, where did that come from? So I was watching. So so the the kids wanted. The, you know that new Mario Brothers movie? Yeah. So it's it's actually really good, and it's got Jack Black as as Bowser. So it's pretty funny. Um, and he he sings a song, and it's pretty it's pretty classic. So is it Maniscalco in it too? Yeah, yeah, it does. What is? Oh, who is he? Yeah, he does it. He he plays. Um, he plays like a not not one of the Mario brothers, but, but one of their family members. Right? Yeah. So that's probably one of his voice. His voice is probably in one of these. So early on in the movie, Mario and Luigi go home and they're they uh, the family goes the fam when they walk in, the family goes, hey, oh, and they, so the, the family goes hey, oh. and they they, they respond. <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course I'm 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 watching this movie and I'm immediately making a note of what time that is at that that happens so that I can get it for the show. So, oh my god, I thought that that was actually you recording yourself doing heyo like multiple it was like times. a chorus of Nate's. Yeah, I could have done that too for copyright purposes, maybe. But I don't know. I figure that I figure Nintendo is not going to come down too hard on us. I hope of all the, of all the things that we uh, don't have rights to to play on the show, I think Nintendo yeah. probably is the least of our worries. Um, so uh, coming in at the six dollars sixty five cent almost evil tier, Kenny Wymore and Michael Bagford. Um, at the $5.99, the nice price tier, Robert Smith and Peter from Illinois and Carl Helberg. At the 60 kroner Scandinavian Knights tier, we have Zwapper the Electric Alchemist and Newt Martin Johansson. At the $5.55 What's Going On Here tier, we have Richard Fusey. And at the $5 Money Lender tier, we have John Convery, German Heindel, Adrian Hernandez, Jesper Elman, Alexei the Perfect Stranger Slepikoff, James North, Mark Hodgetts, Kev Roberts, Percival Frequency, Scott Zerns, Cynthia Doobie, and Raf Kaff. Thank you so much to all of you for your generous support of the show. All right. With all of that... Oh, that housekeeping out of the way. Um, we can probably kick it off with where we left off. We we're at the halfway point of the show. And here we go. We're gonna they they kick off the second half of the show with one of John's favorite tracks, and that is Rosa's Cantina. Oh yeah. Oh, that might be coming in a little hot. Let me bring that down a little. 
Let me know if you need a little volume boost. This is about Rose's Cantina before it was called Rose's Cantina. Is that correct? When it was called The Witch's Leg. <laughs> the Witch's Leg. The running Him joke. The Witch's this. Leg. We waited for hours for opening time. It was, uh, that's how Cascades got written. This thing goes, I like it. Was somebody yelling Speed King? <laughs> That'd be funny if they were. Oh, geez, the bass line in this. Oh, man, we're ready, ready to hear Philippe play it. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, this is great. Ooh, he did a little, little funk on there. I've got the perfect snack to accompany this. Recognize these bad boys? What is it? Swiss cake rolls. Ooh, yeah, baby. I like that he prefaced that this song was this song is called Rose's Cantina and it's about Rose's Cantina. <laughs> Before it was the witch's leg. <laughs> oh, such a good song. Sounds like the crowd's getting a little rowdier. Those uh, those beers have kicked in. They're probably they're probably drinking a six soissons cat, or maybe maybe they're just all drinking wine and smoking in their berets, mm. or a bunch of them just came in from the witch's leg, the witch's leg. Yep, <laughs> they're trois sheets to the wind. Good stuff. So the uh, engineering on this was, well, the mix on this was done by Darren Schneider, who worked on Perpendicular with them and Abandoned. Hmm. And I have not gone to the post office yet, so I still have this uh, money order to deposit. I gotta leave this somewhere so I don't forget it tomorrow. Right. Man. It's really capture the 
really classic old school Deep Purple sound on that. Yeah, I was just thinking it sounds very classic Deep Purple, but at the same time, his organ sounds, the way it cuts through, sounds yeah. sort of modern. But definitely a real kind of like Mark One feel to it almost. Yeah, the, the, the way it's, uh, the percussive stuff he's doing. Kind of kicking myself for us not seeing them during this phase. Yep, for sure. We're a couple of idiots. Because <laughs> you, we went to see Dio right around this time, and you went to go see Rainbow, but we were just—I don't know. I mean, yeah, but you know what? I think they were playing bigger places. Like I was going to, like these places. I was going to see them in like. Uh, like uh, Dio and, and Motorhead and other bands like that, like in, in Providence. Like yeah, these guys, they're playing at the Strand. Deep Purple yeah, would have like been playing Great Woods or like something. Clubs, like nightclubs or anything. Like they were still playing bigger venues. That's true. But so, we I mean, unless I had a group of friends to come with me, which I think they did in like 02 to like um, uh, uh, Great Woods. We went then, to Great Woods to see other stuff, plenty of other stuff. So we saw... BB King there. I don't know. I Probably mean, before this. Well, typically, like, other people Ooh, would have nice to... Nice little, little ending there for the concert. Yeah. I think other people would have to take initiative, though, to get tickets back in the day. Yeah. Yep. Like, it wasn't usually me. Derek was always, like, the ringleader of that. Yeah. Everyone would owe him money. Yeah. I think we were just too lazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Cool effect with that delay. very different yeah it's a different take on it at the time was that somebody actually whistling or was that like just the uh no that was, I think it was Gillen this because it really feels different it does i mean at the time morris was really giving it a real kick in the ass like the way they played it 
last time we saw Morris and the uh, and the last time we saw um, McBride, it was much more yeah. straightforward. This is like putting a little spin on it, which I like. <laughs> Gardo is saying it's almost a butthole surfer vibe. <laughs> no. Never say the BS word ever again. I can get out my... I can play along. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, he did like a like a fire truck, a sort of wow. sound. They're really grooving on this. Crowd's just going crazy. I mean, Gillen's singing it really well, too. Not that, that he like never sm- does. Smack but. in the middle of the set, too, so. Imagine hearing smoke in the water in the middle of the set. Hmm. I think occasionally bands would do that. Like, that have big hits. Like, Kiss did that for a while, put rock and roll all night, like, in the middle of the set, which was really weird. Yeah, that was a little weird. great hearing uh, this kind of makes you appreciate a little more how Morse matured as a player over the years he seems a little more wild and untamed in this yes Gardo is asking when where the boss put Born to Run in his set or do you remember Mm. No. <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty friggin' long, so it was like a three-hour-long set. Yeah, that guy still goes crazy. Yeah, I agree with Michael Bagford. I, I think this, this might be one of my favorite live versions of Smoke on the Water. Yeah, I was going to say. Don't this tell is the Made in Japan people I said that. Top ones, yeah. All right, so I had to take a quick look at... uh. For the Gardo uh, set list FM. Yep. So, oh, there you so go. A 20, 28 song set. Oof. Born to Run was right after Born in the USA. So, All 23. The Born songs. It was the 23rd song? Yeah. So, yeah, he did like a string of like his best known, like the probably like that last half dozen songs were like some of his best known. Yeah. Listen to Gillen. Going nuts. Just wailing away, yeah. Michael Backford's going to see the boss in September. There you go. Where are you seeing him? That's right, yeah. I have some, uh, 
some people going, some family. I'm Mike Catan asking if Morse kept his edge, would he still be in purple? I mean, I, I don't think Kim leaving has anything to do with his playing. I think he, you know, had the personal stuff yeah. going on with his family, and I think he just wants yeah, I, to. Yeah, I definitely don't think he would have left if... Uh, the only thing is that I could have seen besides his, um, his uh, you know, his personal obligations would be as, like, if his condition got any worse, like, uh, you know, his hand. Ooh, listen to that. You just start doubling it with, like, a clav patch. Ooh. nuts with everybody now. Oh. So good. John, as as of recording, this was John Lord's birthday a few days ago. Ovis sent me a, a playlist. He's like, if you start this playlist at midnight, it'll be done by midnight. And it's all the best, like John Lord's best hits. And I was like, man, I wish I wasn't working that day. Wow, would have been awesome. So are they counting this as part of Smoke on the Water, or? It's still on the same track. Must, they just probably didn't separate out the solo, because I can't see them going back into it at this point. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, it was part of Smoke on the Water. That was good. That was a great solo. They're so great at improvising, all of them.
And they just had it down to a science too, how to stick in all those solo pieces without nobody overstays their welcome. They blend seamlessly mm -hmm. into songs and out of songs. my dog barking upstairs it sounds like I'm listening to a Pink Floyd song <laughs> <laughs> uh. man mm. once again with those volume swells Frenchies are loving this one. settling down now. I have a feeling they're going to take the crowd for a ride after this, though. You think? As I, as I look ahead at the songs coming up. Ah, you cheater. Giving those, giving those frogs a chance to re relax for a little bit. Should you be saying that? I can take advantage of whichever half of my nationality I need to win <laughs> for comedic value. And my cousin Jeff had an uncle named Frenchie. And in the town that we grew up in is like was 90% French Canadian. Oh. And he said when he would, he called to his uncle in a crowd, he said Frenchie, and like nine people looked, looked over and went, what? <laughs> it's a bad... Nickname if you're living in a predominantly French community. In a room. Mm. Had a good time, but like everyone used to call my uncle Herb Guido.
he's kind of given this uh, kind of throwing in some like Hendrix style little fills on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that a little bit. I do too from the uh, original. Michael Backford said, if, if, if Blackmore had to drop out of a gig, I bet Blackmore's Night would play when a blind man cries. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like, why does everybody play that when I'm not around? If they, if he injured himself on stage, like he broke his leg or something, they'd be taken off in a stretcher and they'd be starting to play it as he's leaving the stage. <laughs> he's like, hey, hey, hey. And Mike Catan saying this is a California jam level performance. Yeah, but as far as like the dynamics, I'd say for sure. Definitely am into this song now. The live version. <laughs> we've, we've worn John down over the years from be, thinking this was <laughs> eh, the song was eh, to now he like loves it. Well, I mean the studio version. I mean, I yeah. I loved it on the I loved it on the the, the shows that we saw. Some songs are just designed to be played live. Yeah, I mean, and and he he sang that last part with such feeling mm-hmm. a few months back. Yep. The witch's legs are opening. Oh, Gillen. I love that that's the running the running thing that he's doing through this whole concert. He probably did through the whole tour. I bet he used the same jokes every night. Because the few times we've seen him, when we see him back to back, he throws in the same jokes both nights. So it's like... Yeah. By this point in the tour, everyone's probably like, enough with the witch's legs. First time we've actually heard uh, Speed King live on a show in a long time. Speed King! Speed King! (laughs) Oh, the bass is thumping in the background. Oh, you 
They definitely rock this part up. Yeah, man, just the energy they have on this performance is just so incredible. Mm. Yeah, this was definitely a great show to capture. that really fast. <laughs> it's just unbelievable what they're doing right here. I know, right? Crowd's going crazy. Crazy. Like, you have to be so impossibly good to be able to trade off like that on two different instruments. Well, they are. I think that's what Steve Moore said too when John Lord passed away and he did that little video tribute to him. It was like about how he could play something on the guitar and then John Lord would just listen and play it back like note for note. It's just crazy. It's just too damn good, boys. And I think I said, yeah, I think this is the longest track on the whole thing. Let's see. Yep, it's a little longer than Cascades, which was almost the same length. Are they gonna let Pacey go now? Listen to how his snare drum is going while everything else is going too. 
Fielding is mentioning how good this is because even the chat is keeping quiet. Even during a drum <laughs> solo. Rogers just came in from out of nowhere. He does. It's funny. He gets lost in the mix quite a bit. I feel like, but then certain points he's really there. Oh, this is a new Metallica song. <laughs> they stole this from Kirk Hammett. Yeah, they just had to uh, go back in time. Yep. Go forward in time, I mean. That's how good it was. been great if he went for it vocally. What for that? <laughs> yeah. They would have been like, all right, I will no longer be singing for the rest of the show. He's still killing it. Still oh, killing yeah. it here. <laughs> oh, he really... He really gave his all for that evil laugh. Yeah, that was very evil. So this concert was 26 years after In Rock, and this album came out 27 years ago. So. This isn't even the halfway point of the time between In Rock and Now. Thank you very but it seems so recent. Thank you. Even including the cool ones. Thank you so much. You're cool. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Good night. Thank you. You're fantastic. Did he say even including the cool ones? Yes. What does that mean? Who knows what he means? <laughs> All right, it's all over, I guess. I guess there's going to be no goodbye. more songs now. Yeah, we're doing the fake goodbye. Well, see ya. 
What are they singing? I don't know, it sounds like they're doing a soccer chant. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Remember that when we went to see them in Pennsylvania and they were like, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles! And then some lady got annoyed and she was like, P-U-R-P-L-E, purple! It's like, <laughs> keep your stupid football shit at your games. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be some sort of football thing. Football. I'm sure our French listeners will write in and let us know. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe they're coming back on stage. Thought it was really over. <laughs> like, don't worry, Blackmore's not in the band anymore. Oh, I got to tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute. But I was driving around with my son. Mm -hmm. What were we listening to? But he remembered me talking about the story about Richie Blackmore, like cutting somebody's door down with an axe as a prank. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, I don't want to interrupt the beginning of the song here. So he remembered that me talking about that like years ago for some reason. I don't remember how it came up. But the, he, he, my son's very inquisitive. He asks a lot of like weird questions. So he was mentioning, did, did any of the guys in Deep Purple ever get arrested or something? And I said, well, yeah, Richie Blackmore got arrested. He said, why? So I kicked somebody in the jaw and broke their jaw. <laughs> and he's, he paused for a second. He's like, he's like, is that the guy that like, he used to like break down people's doors with an axe as a prank and I said yeah and then he paused and he's like what was that guy's problem <laughs> I was like I think many of his former bandmates have probably asked the same question <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good I wish I had it on, reco on recording it was just his, his the timing of how I'm asking was just perfect what was that guy's problem what was that guy's problem <laughs> Oh, shit. I like that story. That's a good one. I think he's like, like he did it all the time. Is that that guy that used to break down people's doors with an axe? <laughs> I think like, even like once he did it all worth, the time. Uh, it gets you that uh, reputation for the rest of your life. kicking this one in as a uh, as an encore piece oh absolutely yeah
Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> goes Flea. <laughs> Go get him, Roger. Go get him, Flea. Saying he wanted his Roger break down the door because he wanted his cross for a seance. I don't. I mean, sounds possible, but sounds I think about he was right. just. I think it was just a, tr- a trick. Yes, some trick. <laughs> the best kind of pranks make people think that they are actually going to die. Nothing's funnier than that. <laughs> No. <laughs> I would freaking murder him. I'd be so mad. Yeah, Roger's bass tone is just crazy on this. It's cool, but it's very unusual to me hearing his bass sound like this. I'm almost afraid to ask Scott, what was the Tony Ashton prank? Refresh my memory. Of course, there's a story that Motorhead tells where he like, Richie drugged a guy and took off all his clothes and put him on like a, drove his car into a ferry and he woke up like in the middle of the ocean or something. (laughs) He's like, he's a, Lemmy's like, I don't even know if it was true, but I can believe Richie did it. What was that guy's problem? <laughs> Lemmy didn't seem to think it was a problem. He thought it was hilarious. Oh, he put floor butts. I thought he did that to Glenn Hughes. Where he made it, it made it seem like there were ghosts in the castle. Yeah, I probably did it more than once. <laughs> Michael Beckford, his best prank is keeping Blackmore's night going for 26 years. <laughs> yeah, the joke's on me. <laughs> Man, great version of this song. Fantastic. That's that's a way to start up an encore for sure. Hell yeah. Thank you very much. Superb, superb. Thank you for this. <laughs> superb. Fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. I have to say we've been in the middle, right in the middle of a very long tour at the moment. We started in uh, March. We came through Paris, I think a couple of months ago. We were in... Uh, Grenoble as well, but then somebody said, well, while you're doing this tour, would you like to come to the Olympia for a night? We said, yes. Just great. And I'll tell you, 
Yeah, I guess you know what it's like on the road, but uh, this is very special. It's a big uh, uplift for us. You are fantastic. Thank you for all your enthusiasm. You've given us... Uh, you give us this and here, and here, and here, and here. I knew it. He never gets tired of his little joke. <laughs> Neither am I. I love it. I'm just waiting for it now. <laughs> the witch's legs. I love this song. Oh, he's really putting some stank on that guitar. Ooh, getting those pinch harmonics. His guitar, his guitar must be Irish. Nice. Fielding says that the intro to Perfect Strangers ripped off Chest Fever by the band, which I think we had talked about ages ago. But yeah. he read that both ripped off Takata and Fugue in D minor, so it's quite possible. Everything is stolen at some point. Ooh, that did. That sounded like a trio. Mm. Tell you that his tone. He's got that same tone as the first Infectious Groove album. Such a good album. Did we ever listen to that one? Do you, do you know that one, the, the Infectious Grooves album? I mean, I've heard. Um, I've heard stuff off it. Mainly the. Um, the Ozzy song? Mainly therapy with Ozzy. Therapy! Therapy! <laughs> uh, me and Paul used to listen to it like crazy. It had the skits in it. I didn't. I don't know if I heard the whole album, though. I was just obsessed with the video because Ozzy was in it. It was good. The opening track and on it that was, is It was is a great. cool crossover at the time. And the um, the skits with Sar Sarsipius. He's like, he comes in between all the songs and he's like trying to audition for the band. It's fantastic. I don't know. I didn't see that one on Scott Haskins' list of albums, but I'd love to do that album. I know. Yeah, Scott's like, it. let's just do it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, three, two, one, Scott's going to send a message just like, hey, yeah, we'll throw it on the list. You want to do it in like uh, 10 minutes? Yeah. Right. It took me and John three weeks to organize these two episodes. But uh, we do have to, me and Scott are overdue for a couple. We have a couple things cooking. Don't listen to that. Yeah, well, uh, Scott, you're always good for uh, you're always good for a podcast. Well, that so would be a good one a good to get podcast. my our other friend Scott on because he was a big fan of that album. Oh yeah, as was Paul Hughes. We used to listen to it a lot. And me and me and Scott have a history of breaking down uh, skits from albums from, with our Buster Rhymes episodes. Oh, that's right. That was uh, that was enjoyable to listen to a different a different listen uh, from both of you. Yes, <laughs> a little different. Yeah, but he plays like the the mascot for the infectious grooves is like this lizard named Sarsipius, and he's like really he's like I'm Sarsipius, and he's, and he's he he says 
He says, oh, your breath's really bad. He's like, don't worry about my breath. I can sing. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to audition from the uh, for the band. It's just great. It's pretty cool that they would put a brand new song like this in the encore. Of course, they sandwich oh, they it between be two classics, but pretty confident in it. Yeah. Man, listen to the bass drum work with Pacey. It's almost like he's using a double bass. Somebody's singing with him again. I think it's Glover. Yeah. Yo, he does play double bass on this? I guess. This and Fireball? just confirmed. Wouldn't the drum tech be annoyed? So, so I gotta bring out your double bass? Or oh, maybe you just had it set up the whole time, but... It'd be great if they set up the double bass for Fireball, broke it down, then had to bring it out back out at the end. Damn. Oof. Oof. Smoking. tight, tight ending. Tight. Tight. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. That was uh, Hey Cisco from the uh, album Perpendicular, which is a recent release over here in France. And we did a few songs from that tonight, as well as one or two other things you may have recognized from 69, 70, 71, 72, 70. And here, or should I say, <coughs> EC. Um, see what you've done? Touch it again. See, it done work. Hello, everybody. They're getting rowdy. I don't know what okay, is going on. Okay, just uh, one very quick thing. We had three guys on stage with us tonight who were... Uh, yeah, today's on EC, uh, Lava. Trois Français. Au milieu, trompette, Eric. Is that John Lord or Roger? Christian. Oh, it sounds like John Lord. A la gauche. On the saxophone. Vincent. Vincent. And thank you for treating them with as much love as you've treated us. Thank you. Here's our singer. <laughs> Here's our singer. I've got your microphone. <laughs> Maybe it was at the witch's legs. Well, Michael Bagford has uh, money down on witch's legs being mentioned again. <laughs> witch's legs are crazy. Legs were <laughs> this is another one that's good for an opener or a closer. Yeah.
And the great part is they just introduced the horn players back on, so we're gonna hear a very interesting version of Highway Star. Seems like a slower tempo than you'd expect. Which is legs and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Big fat witch's legs. <laughs> well, he didn't say it before the song, so now we're going to have to throw it in the lyrics well, here. Well, I mean, he's got to close the concert out, so I'm like, okay, I'll meet you up at the witch's legs. I hear it's just op- they're just opening. <laughs> Gillen sounds like he's running out of steam. <laughs> so, ah! <laughs> it's like he's running out of breath. Probably is at this point. Couldn't blame him. Oh. interesting to find out, like, I'm sure that some of the Deep Purple ex- experts out there could tell us, are there any comparable shows where additional musicians are brought in the way they are with the horn players here? It's kind of a, a very interesting thing for them. I mean, obviously, the things they played with orchestras and stuff, but yeah. apart from that, because they're not a band that even very often has any guest musicians on the albums. That is true. And that's pretty rare. I'd say my only criticism is that the horns are a little quiet in the mix. Mm. They don't punch as much as they should, in my opinion. But in the, on the same token, they're subtle enough. It almost sounds like it's something that's being done on the keyboards or something. You, you might almost miss it yeah. on a song like this. Oh, have fun recording, Scott. He's going to talk about Cheater. Eric Smith now. Hi, Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> great if they did the guitar solo on a trumpet if the trumpet player just came out front and center and did the guitar solo this next part would be good on the trumpet <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, the Woody Allen bit it was like 
Oh, my dad was a tuba player. He used to play the tuba. He, he was learning Flight of the Bumblebee. He had to stop when he <laughs> he blew his liver out through the horn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, Michael Bagford saying there's a CD release of a gig in 2001 with a horn section on some of the songs and Jimmy Barnes guesting on Black Knight. That should be pretty good. I hear this song like this past week. I've heard it like four or five times a day at work. <laughs> it's like I one of those things that, that I cannot. It's one of those songs I, I have a really hard time separating myself from. What would I think of the song if I had not heard it four million times? What, what song were you did you text me about that you heard when you were at work that was like really surprised you oh it was a kiss song it was Dr. Love oh that's <laughs> yeah I was like I never have ever heard that in my life like the in, in the wild and then all of a sudden yeah. I hear that and I'm like could you play more stuff like this in that highway star nine times a day Thank you everybody, thank you very much, I see you all, you've been fantastic, superb, supremo, unbelievable, thank supremo. you I'll see you there, thank you very much, thank you very much, merci, hey, frisbee king, that's cool. Did you say Frisbee King? Bye-bye. See you again soon. We're running out of time to mention the witch's legs. doing it again all right well there you have it folks oh deep purple live at the olympic 96 what a show yeah that was really good phenomenal performances all around i think i like the second side better yeah either that or it took me a little more to warm up to the sound maybe of the the show but i mean the Great set list, great set list, great playing. A lot of, I think, a lot of great improvisations on side too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. It's great stuff. Yeah, awesome. Um, we do have a couple of little reviews here, and I put a bunch in the show notes. There's a ton on Highway Star. Um, you know, these are, you know, the, I love looking at the old Highway Star reviews because it's so retro, looking at what the website, what the web used to be like before it just became. Uh, Facebook and Twitter <laughs> and nothing else. Um, but but the Highway Star is 
continues to be just like the greatest source of information um, and kind of stuff that was coming out. And Highway Star would have been, you know, a few years old at this point, maybe three years old when this came out and was, um, uh, you know, had a lot of uh, reviews written on it. But before we get to that, there's, of course, a review in, and I'm assuming it's by Simon, in Darker Than Blue, issue 50, February 1998, which... um, yeah, well, I guess this one, the performance was 96, and then it came out in 97, and it might have been later in 97. So this is from February of 98, and they were only releasing quarterly, so they'd probably been out for a little bit by then. So um, the review says, Purple's new double CD, sorry, official bootleg, Roger says the oxymoronic sticker was not their idea. But there were real problems over the UK release, thanks to a cock-up on the price front. The official retail price was only a few pence short of the 25 pounds, which seemed very off-putting to us. Apparently, very soon after the CD was issued, EMI sent to all shops a letter telling them the price had been wrong and they should actually sell it for around 16 pounds. For anyone looking for a serious purple collector's item, the artwork for the CD cover exists on a wall somewhere in New York. Oh, that's interesting. So that would be cool. I'm sure it's since been painted over, but that would be awesome to see if anyone had a picture of the artwork for the show um, when it was actually done. It was -hmm. done by a schoolmate of Roger's stepson. So a cheap return with air flight with a hammer and bolster chisel in your hand luggage. Uh, It doesn't seem that long since we've been bending our ears to the last official and current Deep Purple Live offering, namely Come Hell or High Water. Yet almost three years mark the gap between that set issued in 94 and this latest title. As for the recording itself, well, all I can say is I hope they didn't pay a lot for it. The overall effect is a little messy, poorly balanced, and lacking in clout. Come Hell grabbed you by the parts as it powered out of the speakers. This one kind of begs you to crawl inside the cabinets and have a peek around to see where the sound has gone to. In the past, Purple Live have set have always set out of their stall right from the opening couple of bars. Here, instruments seem to be unsure of where they ought to be. I guess this is some uh, could... Uh, sorry, I need to start making these fonts bigger. I am not um, 20 years old anymore. I'm going to increase this font a little bit. (laughs) If I looked at it, would it be like this? Yeah, Yeah. maybe. It's it's like one of those uh, large uh, print books. It's got eight words per page. (laughs) How do I make the um, oh normal text? Uh, How do I make this font size a little bigger? Oh, here we go. Oh, okay. Uh, He says the base... Right before our eyes, folks. Yes, I know. Uh, The bass lacks definition. Perhaps the recordings were poor. Maybe it was mixed hastily. Oh, well, as with many bootlegs, ears adjust to the ambient sound pretty quickly. And to be fair, it does sound better as the set progresses. I suppose uh, were we reviewing the actual an actual bootleg, everyone would be raving about it, shoving one another aside to be the first at the dealer's table. Simon. Um, The final section in in Pictures of Home is particularly exciting with Morse fixed in a wall of purple sound before they descend into Black Knight, and parody comes dangerously close. Cascades is more like it a strong chugging sound, and then the much-vaunted brass section blasting away in the background. I'm sure, like many, I'd wondered just what this would sound like, but it's far from intrusive, being more of a bright 70s brass effect than any attempt at following the tune. Lordy is playing incredibly quickly here, and the whole show has just gone up a notch or two. No one came similarly imbued with a real syncopated spark, and what with the jazzy touches of brass, it's just uh, a brilliant rendition. And in retrospect, one of the highlights of the CD for me. The sax players 
last for curiously unsatisfying perpendicular, perpendicular waltz, and then troop off. Where did they come from? Questions land to nobody in particular. If this CD does one thing, it disproves the theory that one purple gig is going to be just like another purple gig without the man in black. This show has different peaks than many of those I saw and a different feel as well. I'm sure overall it's not as good as a couple of gigs we witnessed, but this is the problem if you go for a one concert recording and only tape one flipping show. So that's a pretty positive review for Simon, I think. Um, let's do this one. And then I, I picked this one out. I went to allmusic.com and they talked about this album. And I thought this one is written by our friend Glenn Miller, who we got a chance to meet oh, and hang wow. out with in, um, in Florida, who's an all-around great guy. And he writes, as a present to their fans, particularly the ones on the internet, the band decided to put out another live album. Such live releases now tallying in the double figures, unprecedented for any rock band. Unedited, undubbed, and with a three-piece horn section blowing in on four tunes at the Olympia in Paris. Deep Purple are in their best habitat, exhibiting raw power, free-for-all jamming, and charging into their new number called From the... Uh, culled from perpendicular, reinvigorating the classics, namely Smoke on the Water, Speed King, and Highway Star. The veterans still prove they can mess with the best on stage. Couldn't agree with you more, Glenn. Really good, good review. Um, yeah, but that's it. I'll put a bunch of uh, links in the show notes, like I said, some some other Highway Star reviews, some track by track stuff. But overall, a really, uh, uh, really good, uh, really good concert. Um, but before we wrap up, we have to, of course, do one of our favorite things, which is to thank our foundation level patrons. Coming in at the three pound aromatic feed tier, we have Simon Ford. At the $3.33 halfway to evil tier, Stephen Sharp and Duncan Leesk. At the $3 nobody's perfect tier, we have Peter Gardeau. Ian DeRosier, Mark Roback, Stuart McCord, Ivan Fjeldbu, Runar Siemensen, J.J. Sennard, Ruinous Inadequacies, John Maselli, I, I do look good in shark skin. <laughs> and Michael Boyette. Um, coming in at the $1.71 I want my own tier tier. Rich, young, we... Shayla, who the hell is that? Oh yeah, sure, right, that's rich. <laughs> at the one pound tier, Long Longford, and at the one dollar made up name tier, the Win a Blind Man Leaks, Leaky Mausoleum, Stephen Somerville, the Concerto 1999, Fanatic, uh, Hank the Tank, Private Eyes, Ashen Lionel, Blackmore Tights. <laughs> Blackmore Tights. Forgot I wasn't supposed to say that. And Steve, <laughs> down to earth, Kohler. <laughs> Thank you so much for everyone for your generous support of the show. And that's it. Another, another, uh, another uh, live stream. Uh, Fielding is saying, 
Um, Sugar T just asked me how many people were listening to the Thundercast. Confusing. Oh, they're confusing this with Pot of Thunder. I don't know how many people are generally on the Pot of Thunder uh, stream. But. I feel like it would be more. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Um, w when I was on, it was a uh, fielding says it's about the same. Um, oh. Because I think it's one of those things. It's like if you can do it, you can do it if you're, if you're free. Um, and unfortunately, you know, when we when we've done these live streams in the daytime, it's a completely different cast of characters because we get all of our EU folks on. But mm -hmm. at this point, it's you know, what, three in the morning. There, <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are going to be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if Jonathan Hedlund was with us, I'm sure he, he would do it because he doesn't sleep. The Swedish mm -hmm. vampire never sleeps. No, no. <laughs> you unleashed the fury. He recorded himself today <laughs> doing the Yingwei, Yingwei, Yangwei quotes. Um, and he sent them to me. He's like, you unleashed the fury. <laughs> and he's great because he has the same accent and it works really well. Oh, he's to watch. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, really appreciate everybody uh, jumping on and enjoying this. I don't know when the next one will be. We'll hopefully give you more notice. Hopefully we can do one a little earlier in the day when John and I have a day off so we can have our um, our EU folks um, mm. uh, join us. Um, it might be harder for some of you folks, but you know, we got to spread the love. So, all right. And that's all we got folks. That's the, uh, that is our live performance from this, uh, from the perpendicular tour. And we'll be back at you next week with a new exciting episode. All right. Well, until then I'll see you at the witch's legs. <laughs> is it, a, are they open? Open for business. Hey, oh, <laughs> open, open all night. Hey, oh, which is hey Get it? Oh. Which is yeah, legs. I, I, I get it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Good night, everybody. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Deep Purple podcast. If you like what you hear and would like more episodes in the future, please donate on Patreon to support the show. You can also leave us a review in Apple Podcasts to help new people discover the show. You can follow us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for show updates. See deeppurplepodcast.com for more details. Thank you for listening. Is I'm a people's person, you know, as the first person that's basically almost getting to physical altercations with people at work. <laughs> yeah, they didn't mention that being a people's person means that they like to kill people so. <laughs> or fight people. <laughs> like a fight, fight people. I'm a fighting with people's person. <laughs>